rooted in faith, rooted in family, rooted in values, rooted in traditions. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. Welcome to episode 8 of the Rooted Outdoors podcast. This is Corey Bauman, co-founder of Rooted Outdoors and the Rooted Outdoors podcast. I'm here with Dave Ashworth, also co-founder of Rooted Outdoors. Dave, how you doing, man? I'm good. Good. Good to have you here, but uh, no offense, I'm more excited to have our guest here tonight, which we'll be introducing here in a second. Super, super honored to have on who we do have here tonight. What do you think? Yeah. You want me to just leave or what? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll let you talk a little bit, but right, I, have, I have a lot of stuff I want to ask take him, it. So. I'll take it. Um, why, don't you give us the, why don't you give us some updates so quick with uh, what we have going on just so our listeners can hear, and then uh, we'll jump right into this podcast. Yeah, sure. So um, as some of you may know, we launched our vlog, which is just kind of record everything that we do as far as hunting, scouting, outdoors, anything. And we started about two two and a half weeks ago, and I think by the end of the weekend, we'll be through like 10 episodes, which is probably more than we thought, but it's okay, <laughs> and we like it, and we're going to continue to do it. And we promised that we would do it through the season, so that's what we're going to do. Um, but we enjoy that. And then Saturday opens up uh, our youth hunting here in Pennsylvania for turkey, and we have the youth hunt. We have Aiden, who's gonna be, who we're going to be taking out. And just really excited for that, really excited for him, um, and, you know, hopefully we can get a bird for him. That would be pretty amazing. But either way, we're going to enjoy the experience and enjoy God's creation and and hopefully give him a good introduction to the outdoors. Yeah, I mean, he literally just finished his hunter ed safety course, so, you know, it'll be his first hunt ever period so we're we're pretty pumped that we can introduce yeah. him to the outdoors yeah. that's one of our passions obviously and one of the things that really resonates with us so yeah for sure. um it's just something god put on us and we're we're ready to take them out so it's yeah, exci- gonna be sure. exciting um enough about us yeah let's jump into our guest um it's an extreme pri- privilege to um have the guest on that we have on tonight um you know dave and i when we when we even had an idea of what rooted outdoors could possibly be, or to be honest with you, when we started hunting together and we pulled a, a camera out, we started <laughs> trying to film, which you know we've come a long way with that, a long way to go. But um, when we started talking about that, we started obviously talking about different shows that we watched and guys that we kind of you know groups and stuff that we looked at and said like this is kind of like what we resonate with. And and honestly, I mean these guys were the number one kind of show that we were watching and it really resonated. And one of the things that was huge to us, I think, is that as Christian guys, you know, we didn't see a lot of, of shows where they even talked about their faith. And, and the one thing that we loved, obviously we loved watching these guys shows, but, but the fact that they were, um, you know, they were telling everybody about their faith and they were, um, they were committed to that. Uh, we just thought that was really awesome, and so it kind of gave us hope too to say, okay, like you can do this in the outdoors, and and it really there's a place for it. It needs it, um, and so th- we just I've always been a huge fan of these guys, and and just love it. So, without further ado, we've got Joe Sir on the podcast tonight. 
Believe it or not, he's a husband, father of four, outdoorsman, and he also owns a company called Risen Media. He grew up in a small town called Cresco, Iowa. Obviously a huge whitetail state, so we're interested to hear about all the whitetail experience he has. Um, been watching, obviously, the shows, so that's exciting. He also was a basketball player growing up. He uh, began documenting his hunts, and what he realized is that there was a gap in between what kind of the shows were producing out there, and they were showing just the result of the hunt and, and no, no stories. So he became kind of a storyteller. Through that, he developed the company called Hallowed Ground Outdoors, which I'm sure most of you have heard, hopefully have heard of by now. Um, just some great, um, a great TV show that ended up on the Sportsman's Channel briefly, right after they, they started thinking about Hallowed Ground. It was a year later that they got a TV contract with the Sportsman's Channel, which is crazy. And then from that, he developed his company called Risen Media, uh, which I'll let him explain in a minute. But it's a super honor to have you on, Joe. Um, thanks for ha- thanks for thanks for coming on the show, and I'm just looking forward to to getting to know you a little bit better. Oh, thanks for having me, Corey and Dave. I appreciate it, guys, and I I appreciate your kind words too. That's that's pretty humbling uh, to to hear you guys. I, that, yeah, that's just humbling <laughs> to see how God works and how He leads other people and how He grows His kingdom through through the outdoors and uh yeah i just appreciate those kind words and thanks for having me i'm excited to be here yeah man tell us a little bit about um elaborate a little bit on risen media i mean i know you're going to talk we're going to talk a lot about that but um tell us about that company because i to be honest with you i know a little bit about it but like just you know just want to get some background on how you got to that point sure yeah man well i mean basically we're a production house in the outdoor industry and and we're kind of i mean we kind of do do it all. I mean, whether it's videography, photography, helping companies um, with marketing, with social media, uh, with creating content that could span every everywhere. You know, obviously we produce the Hallow Ground Outdoors show. Um, we produce another show called Full Draw Adventures. Um, so dabble in the television production. Um, we do commercial production for a lot of different companies that you see on, you know, if you turn on Outdoor Channel or Sportsman's Channel, Pursuit Channel on any given night, chances are you're going to see some element of our work. Um, And whether you realize it's, you know, something we produce or not. So we do a lot of television commercial stuff, branding videos, product videos for different clients and companies. Um, It's just been kind of an evolving, growing uh, thing for the last four or five years that that God has just kind of slowly... um, slowly grown and i mean we do everything from a company can come to us and say hey we know exactly what we want we want you to produce it or more often than not it's coming to us and and saying all right we we appreciate the the skills and the gifts god's given you guys and and the way that you approach uh video production and storytelling we kind of need help and assistance in what we need and then we kind of put together a package for them that might you know kind of cover cover production um across all those different um, different avenues from TV to web to to social to their trade show loops and really just kind of I love telling stories and I really love uh, working with companies that I know we can benefit and help create content for. So our bread and butter though is definitely just creating content that I think appeals to hunters. Um, our goal is to make people, you know, hit people in the heart. So the end result is that they, you know, it ends up moving the sales needles for companies. Um, that's, you know, we're a business and we want to help businesses grow. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, we, we were talking a little bit about kind of what, like what we love about your stuff too and what, what always kind of stands out. And I always found it awesome how you personally 
um, are intentional about the words that you use as you as you do your intros like so like it's so poetic right and I know that you are intentional about it but it it, it flows so much that like not that not that you wouldn't watch it anyway but like it does it wouldn't matter literally what was afterwards like the the intro is so powerful that you you get hooked right and you you want to watch it good, so good. I just thought that I just thought that's awesome oh, cool thank you yeah um tell us a little bit about how hallowed ground came to be um like where did that come from you know was it a was it just a, a switch that flipped one day like tell us a little bit about that i mean I think that everything, you know, God has a purpose and a plan in everything. So looking back over the course of, I mean, all the way growing up, I can see now, I really feel I'm exactly where God wants me to be right now. And uh, that's a that's a great feeling to have. And through that, I can look back and basically a lot of things that have happened in my life leading up to this point, I can see the the reasoning behind it and how a lot of it led towards uh, led towards hallowed ground and how a lot of it is spawning from hallowed ground on the way that the Lord's used that. But, you know, I grew up obviously in Iowa and so hunting was a big part of, of what I did. And I was homeschooled, which, uh, allowed me, my mom, bless her heart. Um, an awesome mom, you know, as a teacher, I mean, she was a good teacher, but that probably wasn't her strongest thing. But what, what she did for us was she, uh, she cultivated an atmosphere that allowed us to learn and allowed us to learn how to learn and allowed us to spend a lot of time cultivating our passion. Um, and one of those, obviously, for me was was hunting in the outdoors and uh, had a family farm that really provided the place for that. My grandpa was a huge outdoorsman. My dad was. Um, and basically, just from a very young age, I was allowed to kind of uh, just cultivate that passion and do very little bit of school and hunt a lot. I mean, there. I think, you know, when I graduated high school, I think, uh, you know, I, I kind of had the mentality where I, at that point I felt like I'd hunted more than a lot of people do get an opportunity to in their whole entire life. Um, not a very successful hunter, but I hunted a lot and I learned a lot through that. So hunting was always a huge passion of mine. Um, television, production, stuff like that was not on the radar at all for me. I mean, I was, I like drew as a kid and stuff. So maybe I had a little bit of like an artistic streak in me. I was creative. Like I didn't like to sit down and do stuff. So I had like maybe some, some of those creative tendencies, but, um, my big thing was actually basketball. And when we moved out to the country, you know, my dad said, we got a choice here. We can help you. We can provide for you financially and help assist you to go to college or we can move to the country. And they decided to do that. And that kind of uh, kicked me in the rump a little bit to try to cultivate my skills as a basketball player to get to college. <laughs> and I did that. And so a lot of, you know, four years in college, hunting was, was put on hold for the majority of the time because I was in the cities. And, and I tried to structure classes a little bit so we could sneak out and do some hunting. But uh, I switched majors four times, uh, finished college, played four years of basketball, met my wife, um, some great friends. And then I was like nine credits. Yes. Yeah. I switched my majors four times. So I was way behind. And, um, then I, I ended college nine credits before graduating and had an opportunity to move back home, um, and sell insurance with my grandpa. And I knew that's where I wanted to be. And to me, I, I was, it was worth the college education that I did get that now I don't really use at all. Uh, it was worth basketball, meeting my wife and the relationships and, and how I learned and grew there. But we moved back home and that's when, you know, I was able to get back into hunting. Um, 
and which started immediately. And then shortly after that, I don't really know why we started to film. I mean, it was basically just, hey, this would be cool. Yeah, that's about the extent of it. So I started, you know, I, I stole my parents, uh, you know, a little handy cam uh, camera, and we started running around filming some stuff. And the transition was super quick. I mean, we were filming stuff with that. I can't remember what kind of, oh, my grandpa gave me a loan, actually, for my first camera. I got a Canon XHA1, and uh, I'd been, like, buying duck boats from the cities or from the people down by the river and buying duck boats and like painting them. And then I'd go and I'd flip them up in the cities and, and we were like flipping duck boats left and right and ended up getting this sweet duck boat. I ended up selling that, getting all my production stuff. And, uh, then we, I started a little web show and, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, we called it the life and it was something that I just felt there was a big gap between the storytelling. Every, everything at that time was kind of stuck in this rut of being all about the kill and kind of old school traditional hunting shows where it wasn't about the story and they'd walk up on deer and the camera would be in front of the deer and you'd be like, what in the world's going on? Like, this is real. This is ridiculous. And I just, I, I, for me as a hunter, it's so much about the process. And I think that comes into our storytelling too. Um, and I think, I think, I mean, if you're a hunter, that's what it's about. And it's about those experiences and the things that you come across the, the way that your feet are soaked right now, turkey hunting because of the dew and, you know, and how can you tell that story and put those people on watching TV, how can you put them in, in, in your shoes and, and get that story across to them? So that's really what I wanted to do. So, all right, getting long winded, but long story short, I, uh, I started this web show and had this, you know, master idea to, um, make it a big deal and, and produce hunting content. <laughs> and, uh, so the next step, the next step was obviously, Hey, you've got to get sponsors, you know, he got to get, so I started calling every company and, uh, yeah. in my head, I sounded like a genius and said the same thing. Oh, we're different than every other show. And, <laughs> you know, that stuff. Well, a couple yeah. people, a couple people bought it and, uh, and I think we did have some, I, I, it was new, you know, it was at the beginning of that wave of kind of storytelling. Um, so I did, I do think that we had uh, something to kind of, yeah. we were on the front of that wave and, and one company, um, decided to sponsor us with products and I was on absolute top of the world. And this was a water, a decoy company actually. And, um, mm-hmm. they said, yeah, you know, we're going to give you all this product. And, and so <laughs> I didn't even have a trailer, like, you know, like I had like, <laughs> eight decoys that I had rounded up from garage sales and stuff previous to this. So now all of a sudden I was going to have this full spread of field decoys and I was on cloud nine. I had to go to like the local camper and RV place and rent a trailer and head out and pick up (laughs) these decoys. And, you know, I was on the way back from that. It was like an eight hour trip and I was on the way back and I specifically remember it. It was, it was just like the Lord hit me in the gut. I remember I was in front of a Walmart driving down the highway and there's nothing wrong with making a hobby, um, a career, and chasing your passions and stuff like that. And the Lord can use you in, in any any avenue, period. He can. But for me at that moment, it was, hey, you can do this for yourself. Or I just felt the Lord call me to do something more intentional with the opportunity. And I broke down in the car, and I, I pulled over into the Walmart parking lot, and I started crying. And I, I mm. don't know if I've ever felt the you know, the Lord work on my heart that, um, that specifically in a specific moment, I guess. And, um, I sat down and, and I just, 
I basically gave it up to God and said, hey, I'm, take the reins if you want me to do this. I'll commit 100% to it. And I got back. I started driving. And, you know, the rest of that road trip, basically the plan or I guess I kind of call it a business plan, but the plan for Hallowed Ground just became really clear to me. And I got home. I wrote it all down typed it all out and it's pretty I've still got those documents and it's pretty interesting to look back how clear they were at that first moment and kind of where we are right now so um so anyway so that's kind of really how it started and the goal of hallowed ground was to I mean from day one was to use the sport of hunting to reach people for Christ and um to use our gifts our abilities our passions to uh be a light in that industry. I just think it's such an awesome industry because it's a group of people who are incredibly passionate about something, not only for themselves, but passing it on to future generations. And the mindset of if we can help these people, or I mean, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, wherever their faith is, um, whether it's guys like yourself who we can just give an outlet and someone to watch and someone to be built up by and uh encouraged by like that the mission was just to have a ministry that would bear fruit and to have our stories and the the biblical truths that come out in our lives and in hunting um just show those through the show that was our goal and it was as long as the lord keeps doors open provides for it and as long as it's a ministry that bearing was bearing fruit we were going to keep on doing it, and uh, that's kind of been the mission from from day one. We've been, what we've tried to stay true to, and you know, you alluded to how fast it was that we got our contract with the Sportsman's Channel. I think that, I mean, man, I look back and <laughs> that was all. It was nothing that we did. I mean, nothing. <laughs> I knew nothing about production at all. That's like, funny. I bought an iMac. The Sportsman's Channel sent over the guidelines, and I felt like <laughs> I was reading an engineering. <laughs> book so in a different language i had it was baptism by fire so yeah. it, it that you know that's how it started and then it was obviously quite a journey and learning <laughs> learning curve from that point on yeah. to to lead yep. us to where we are right now but that's kind of how it started and yeah. and through that then and through that i mean it wasn't that's where it started and then it was uh you know we were looking for pro staff guys and that's where jd and a lot of those guys they were doing separate stuff with um, with DVDs and the Lord was calling him to, to, to take the next step into television. And he just orchestrated that all out and, and led us to meet each other. And that's kind of where we joined forces and, uh, and, and built it from there. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I have a, just a follow up question on that. So, um, I guess right now, Corey and I started rooted outdoors, what a year, year and a half ago now. Yeah. Um, and we also I mean, we feel one, like one full year really of hunting yeah. together <laughs> um we so. both have our own businesses that we do for a career and but we also feel like you know this is where god has you know where we need to be right now but i think we also feel that he's calling us to take additional steps so my question to you is uh when you took that jump um did you have moments of doubt or times when you thought like maybe this isn't what I should be doing. Maybe there's too much risk or did it kind of just all, all come together? I'm sure it's different for everyone, but it all just came together where it was just like, you know, this is so obvious that, you know, I'm, I'm good here. That's a good question. And I think that is tough because it is very situational. Um, for me in my situation, um, first of all, I was, I was selling insurance, which is nice because it's, it's, 
a flexible schedule. Um, and I'm also a person that if there's a will, there's a way. And I think when you combine that with God's will, um, and I, I'm just, I don't know, like if, if I'm passionate about something, I'm, I'm going to go after it. And, um, I try to be really wise with the decisions I make, but sometimes that means I can jump into things without being really wise. And I think maybe God used that a little bit in this sense. Yeah. Too, I, sure. I would have been ultra cautious. Sure. And if you looked at it on paper, maybe it, it would have been considered an unwise decision. But when we jumped into television, it definitely was kind of which comes first, the chicken or the egg, because sponsors didn't want to jump on board until you had a contract sign. And obviously when you're a kid right out of college with a ton of student debt and stuff like that, you don't necessarily want to sign a contract <laughs> unless you have sponsors on board. Um, we were blessed, you know, Quality Archery Designs has been a supporter of ours um, from day one. And it, definitely a big part was them committing to us when we first started. Um, and they're just, I mean, the guys, they're just incredible people and incredible company. Um, and it, so that was a, God really used them to give us, to give really me the, the confidence and, and stuff to, to yeah, sure. kind of sign on the dotted, dotted line and, and, a, and an incredibly supportive wife. Um, I don't know yeah. what she was thinking honestly at the time, <laughs> but, uh, but every step of the way, you know, she was behind me and, and trusted trusted me and that uh that I was listening to what God was telling me so it was a lot of things that led to it but it definitely I mean we felt it was a risk it was a risk yeah, yeah. For, oh, sure. for sure for sure but I actually that, that makes me think of something too I, I wanted to ask you so obviously you have you have four kids right they're all yeah. pretty young yeah what ages are your kids eight six four and then a month and a half oh boy right. So you got, I mean, you have young kids, right? (laughs) And I think, um, so, you know, I, I have a wife, I've been married since 2010 and I have a a little girl that's turning three in June. Um, Dave actually is about to get hitched in May. So he's getting married in May. (laughs) All right. So my, you know, my question to you really is, and I know you guys obviously travel a lot. Um, you know, you're hunting, you're filming, you're doing all kinds of stuff. Like how, how, like what would be your advice to keep that, that balance, right? Where you're, I mean, obviously it's a lot of communication and I, and I, I, you know, I found that that obviously is the best thing you can do, but just maybe some of the things, or maybe just, you know, tips or, or things you've learned from where you made a mistake, where you could tell us and maybe a listener wouldn't make that same mistake, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I could, should I bring my wife in here? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll have her on, we'll have her on next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you, hey, there you go. Um, man, <laughs> Dave, dude, marry a good woman. <laughs> that is no, that is such a good. That's that's so tough. Um, and such a good question. Honestly, one that I still haven't figured out. I mean, yep. trips are tough, and I try. Yeah, you know, I try to travel as little as possible, and it, and it is nice with what we do that a lot of it is whitetail based, and I'm very content um, being here. You know, I I love the process, I love my home property and cultivating that, and I want to be here in the fall. Um, the, now the production stuff, on the other hand, has really turned into something that I could be traveling all the time. You know, and and it is really it's a tough industry and a tough gig for a for a family guy to have it really is so an understanding wife and and it's so tough because it's something that i i'm passionate about i want it 
So when opportunities come up, it's hard to say no um, mm-hmm. because you want to go on those trips. You want to do those <laughs> things, you know. But one thing that, and, and I, can, I can say this easier than I do it at times. So when I say it, don't, I just, it, it's tough. I, but but um, there's only one person that can be a husband to your wife. There's only one person that can be a father to your kids. And um, there's a lot of guys out there who have a camera and can travel mm-hmm. and just really setting those boundaries and open communication as much as possible with your wife to know really that you're prov- meeting those needs at home. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm far from perfect in this and this is a constant struggle uh, for me and I'm a, I'm a selfish guy and, but I've got a, I got a great wife and by the grace of God, we're working through it, but it, it is it is so tough. And when you say yes to one thing, you're saying, you know, no to a, a to 12 other things. And lots of times that's your family. And so just trying so hard to be praying through things and trying to make wise decisions and communication and realizing that your priorities are lie at home. I mean, I'm, I'd be lying if I didn't say that there were times where it's like, man, for the sake of my family, I should just get a nine to five job and be home at five o'clock for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that this is also where God wants me. My wife knows that, and it's through good times and hard times. And um, But you just kind of keep on learning and, and working through it. If that answers your question, that would be does, my man. best advice. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you being being transparent with that. I mean, that's it's a huge, like you said, it's 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 never you're never going to be perfect at it. It's always going to be something you're going to have to work at. And as Dave will figure that out really quick, communication <laughs> is very 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 important yeah that's right <laughs> they don't like to be they I'll, t- I'll tell you what i have learned they do not like to be sprung a quick hunt my wife <laughs> oh, is still no. trying to figure out why why i can't like because we're so much better hunters now than we used to be like she can't figure out why now <laughs> like it'll be the night before and i'll be like i have to hunt tomorrow and so she gets so frustrated she's like how do you have to hunt i'm like the wind is perfect like we have to hunt the spot tomorrow and she can't figure it out like why i could why i can't plan a hunt anymore you know like it's just it's just crazy yeah well you know another thing too that i've found is is trying to set boundaries i do not i do not hunt on the weekends very often at all and that's mm-hmm. something that i've just you know i do not get paid i think there's a very common misconception i really don't get paid to hunt you know it's uh, it's but uh I, it is part of what I do as part of my job. And, um, but I, so I've just set that apart and tried not to hunt in the afternoon or on, uh, on Saturdays and Sundays period, because that's family time. And, um, I've really tried to not hunt a ton in the evenings, you know, early season is really tough, but I've really tried to kind of segment out those parts of the season where I need to go hard. And then the Mm. other times focus on, on setting those boundaries and, and, and you know what, if, if God wants you to kill a deer, you're, you're going to kill a deer. Um, yeah. and, and so I've just really tried to take that philosophy as much as yeah. possible. And it's tough. I mean, I, I do it not do that. It is but, tough. but I guess those are some, some other boundaries that I've attempted to set for, for myself. Like you said, yeah. you're not perfect. So I'm sure there's yeah. a sap here and there. Far from it. Yeah, we shouldn't have my wife on here. I probably yeah, maybe we should just get off this topic. Yeah, let's yeah, move let's on. We get in trouble. Let's move on here. Let's move on, let's move on while we're succeeding at this. Yeah, for yeah, everybody's yeah. sake, let's move on. Yeah. Um, right. Dave, I, you want to talk filming? I know yes, we could probably please. talk filming for like three hours, yeah. but Dave, I know yeah. you're you want to talk filming, so. 
Yeah, for Go sure. Um, one thing that we talk about, Corey and I talk about all the time, and uh, Joe, you guys do uh, just a great job with is, and you've talked about it already, is telling the story and not just filming like a kill and a recovery and you know that's it. Um, I guess my question to you is, obviously when you go on shoots for other things, there's a plan in place. When you're going out on like a whitetail hunt, let's say, um, obviously it's hunting, you don't know what's going to happen, but do you have an idea of what that's going to look like or are you just kind of getting as much film as possible and then after the fact, you know, film, you know, putting it together in a story form or what is, I just wanted to kind of get into your mindset a little bit of, of what that looks like for you because like I said, you guys do an awesome job, you know, as good as anybody out there, you know, telling a good story. Well, thank you. I'll try try my best to answer that. I guess for <laughs> me, for me, when I go into a hunting situation, the one the thing that I'm trying to look at is what makes this, to me, it's the people, the places, the location, the things that can't be replicated that make a story unique. Um, the background story that goes into it, you know, where are we going? Why are we going there? Why are we hunting this stand? Um, what is bad, you know, when did you hang this stand? Have you had success out of this stand before? Cause you know, from a whitetail situation at the end of the day, everyone's 20 feet up in a tree, you it's know, hoping for yeah. a buck to walk between. Yeah. Once you're up in the yards. tree, there's not, there's not yeah. a whole lot you could do up there. Like you, yeah. the same 10 shots everybody gets yeah. in the tree. You know, it, yeah, that's very true. So like, so my thought is, okay, if we're, you know, I know we're going to, uh, I guess an easy example is like an out-of-state trip. You know, you guys are mentioning the possibility of going to Missouri. So it, it's the town that you're going to. You know, what's unique about that town? It's the old buildings. It's the the fence lines, the no trespassing signs, the creek that you have to cross, the, you know, the, the planning, the preparation that goes into it. You know, trying to really, as a hunter, you know, you know all those things that are going through your head. You know, you're thinking nonstop, even when you're in the tree, you notice mm-hmm. that bird that landed there. And, and I don't, you know, I'm tired of seeing birds and squirrels and leaves blowing and stuff, but that's part of it too. You know, when you're bored and you're on your phone, when you're bored and you're reading a book or twiddling your thumbs or making a sandwich or, you know, all those things, I think laziness a lot of times and, and the repetition of it makes you as a, as a videographer not pick up the camera and not tell that story. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things is just being one step ahead and forward thinking in what are the things that are we, are we going to see? You know, you get a flat tire on your, on the road trip. And so many times I'll be on a trip with guys and, and it's like a flat tire and then everyone's like sitting around and no one's filming it. And it's like, what, what in the world is part of the story. This is something that I feel, you know, people find entertaining. This is stuff that you're going to talk about when you get home you know, so I, I think people enjoy that enjoy that stuff, but it's the people, the places, the personalities that make something unique. So trying to think of all those things and how, you know, I think in an ideal world, how would this story lay out? And then I film it the way that I want it produced. So ideally, you go somewhere and you kill something. And so I try to think of if I'm going to kill on the first day, what do I have to get beforehand or prior to? to make sure that I can get, you know, fill an episode or whatever, if you're filming, you know, however long you want to fill time-wise. And then as that trip goes on and, oh, three days are slow and it's raining, how does the story change throughout that process? Um, so I guess I guess those are kind of things that I think about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if that answers your question. No, no, that's that... good. That's good. 
I uh, so I've got one that's yeah. that that's been burning at me, and I've been dying <laughs> to ask you this. And and actually, we were going to relate it to uh, what happened to us this year. So I I killed a public land deer this year, and uh, it was a it was a it was a nice deer, and um, especially for Pennsylvania. But um, we did not we did not get the kill. Right, we got a lot of footage. We can we're creating what we think is probably going to be a pretty good film, but we didn't get the actual kill shot. So my question to you is, how has how has your discipline kind of changed, and it, and has it changed since since you started filming to now? In other words, like how disciplined are you to like you're not filming it unless you can get the shot, or I'm sorry, you're not shooting. In other words, if you if you don't get the, the film, yeah. um, because in our case it happened so quick. Um, it just, it didn't happen. We just not, did not get it in, in time. Um, and we, we were okay with it though. I mean, we were completely okay with the fact that we didn't get that and we have enough that we can make a film, but like in your eyes, how do you like, where are your, where's your head at in a situation like that? Well, I think from a producer's standpoint, um, I've been fortunate that I haven't had to make a ton of tough calls like that deer i i just saw I, so i've been fortunate in that but a specific time that jumps out to me is a year or two ago we went to montana and i had a similar situation where i felt like the deer probably wasn't on camera and it was a split second thing and i mean in my head up to that point i mean i was kind of processing through if i always am processing through do we have enough content to create a story with this so it sounds like from your guys' mm-hmm. scenario like you felt you did you felt yeah. you could you know create an entertaining story with what you had and you know this happened and i felt like chances are it is going to be quick at best but it's mm-hmm. also raw and it's real and i think people can relate to that and at the end of the day you know if it's early in the season i'd be a lot more uh, i'd be a lot more for passing on a deer if it's the sure. last day you know, if it's the last day, yeah. especially if you're in a situation where you've got an outfitter or something like that, that you, you know, that you want to provide content for, um, you know, I think it's just, it's just a balancing out there. Every situation is different, but if you yeah. can tell a story, people, I think people understand that. I think if you're in a television situation, yeah, you can't have 13 episodes like that, but <laughs> yeah, that, right. you know, I think that there's some grace for that. And I think if you've got the content to effectively tell a story and entertain people, um, man, if, it, yeah. if that trigger finger itches, scratch it. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was us learning too. I mean, you know how communication is such a key when you're in the tree, and like it's so crazy. Like when you get in the tree with with somebody in a, with a camera, it's hard enough to be in the tree with with yourself hunting, right? But then you get in and you put a cameraman in there, and he's moving around, and you're trying to figure out how each because everybody hunts differently. That the, that first year was really difficult just to learn that and the communication part of it. So, like, for me, like, I thought he was on the deer, and of course he wasn't. He was behind me, and I just – we didn't communicate enough to, to know, but I think I still – we probably still would have taken the shot, Don, to be honest. Sure, yeah. sure. So, yep. Yeah, probably. Yep. But I appreciate that. every situation different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, I had a – follow-up question to that as well um and this might be just a short answer not really much to talk about here but um something that Corey and i cory and i've talked about you know we want to kind of build the story as you know on a particular day as well um but you also want to try to kill 
a big mature deer. So you don't want to do too much filming where you're going to screw up your hunt as far as maybe like doing a lot of filming, like going in and setting up all these shots. But at the same time, like you want to get some of that stuff in case it does work out. How, how do you balance that? Or does it just depend on the situation of what's happening? I think a lot depends on, a lot depends on the situation, the tree stand, the, you know, the time of the year. Um, and I guess pretty lucky because, uh, well, I shouldn't, I've had hunts, I guess, in seasons and tags have been filled rather quickly, but the majority of the time it's a grind. <laughs> so you get over the course <laughs> of true. 90 days in the tree, you get a lot, a lot of content. That's um, true. But, you know, I think it does go back to, uh, back to not being lazy and yeah, filming at the, you know, the camera person getting ready before the hunter and being ready to get him getting ready and and as much as you can walk into the tree we don't i mean we don't do a lot if you watch our show there's not a lot of oh creative shots of the guy walking to the stand it's following him in you know stuff like that so um you know so i don't think in that sense it really we really ever i don't try i don't jeopardize the hunt um for the sake of the camera ever um but you know, if that answers your question, but up in yeah, the tree, yeah. I mean, same situation. If you're on a field edge and exposed and you're running late, I mean, yeah, we get that. I think that's the camera person too, being on the ball and getting stuff real time as it happens. It shouldn't always be, Oh, Hey, film me, knock this arrow now, you know, film me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. film me, do this, film me, put yeah, my yeah, face yeah. paint on. You know, like I'm, I'm going to hit my grunt call. Can you get the camera yeah, out? Turn the camera on. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Yeah. You know, like I think, uh, I think that's the responsibility of, and a skill that comes with being a good videographer to be thinking ahead and capturing that stuff as it, as it actually happens. Yeah. Yep. I think people notice that too. Like if you yep. kind of oh, set yeah. up certain shots, people are just like, yeah, sure. like they told him to do that. Like it's yeah. pretty obvious sometimes. Yep. You know? It's but interesting. He, it's interesting that you say that though. Cause we were, we, so one of the things Dave and I talked about like for this year that we want to get better at is that, kind of having the mentality that the guy that's got the camera, his job is to get the story. The guy that's hunting, it's his job to hunt and he's not worried about the camera. And actually his job is to get the cameraman in because obviously entrance and exit of the spot is, is important. So the cameraman's just worried about getting the story. The hunter's job is to get the cameraman in there and worry about the hunt, right? Like, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I think that it's different in like my situation where I, and I, dude, I'm probably the worst person ever to have a camera person to be a camera person for, because I'm always thinking of it as, you know, like if Uh, the camera is not going or getting something and I see something that should be shot, I'm like in a Uh, very nice way trying to be like, Hey, (laughs) did you notice, you know, that going on over there? (laughs) Trying to suggest me. So, but, um, for me, you know, I kind of have that a little bit director-producer mentality where I can't just hunt. And, and I love filming so much. And I love mm-hmm. hunting more than I love filming. But I love filming so much that a lot of times I'll have a camera on my neck when I'm in the tree just so I can be getting content as well to supplement because I don't want to always be riding my cameraman or cramping his style. But that's I also funny. know what I kind of want. So yeah, maybe yeah. that's a suggestion too. But yeah. But yeah camera person his job is to tell the story through the lens hunter get the job done and put the arrow or the bullet where it needs to go i mean yeah yeah yeah. that makes perfect sense i uh want to switch gears here for a minute i I just recently went back and i watched um 
your two episodes. I think I think the title was Footprints when you guys went out to when you went on safari. Okay. Went out to yeah. Africa. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that Dave and I have even talked about it, where I said like I have no interest really in going on safari, <laughs> like going to Africa. Like I can't imagine like even going out there. Like I wouldn't do that. But I liked, I loved watching that because it gave me a different view of really what it is to go to Africa. So I was just curious to hear about that experience. And then also, I like how you tied it in, though, with, with what you did to give back out there and why it was titled Footprints. And so I love that. So I was just curious to see, like, if, you're, if you were thinking the same thing, like you would never go there and then this opportunity just comes up and you get there. So I was just curious to hear your experience. Okay, I'll try to, I'll try to do my best to answer that question. Um, <laughs> Okay, going into Africa, I had, there was not an ounce of my being that ever wanted to go to Africa. The opportunity came up, and um, I thought it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. 99.9% of people that I talked to said, once you go to Africa, you will want to go back. So I tried to weigh that into the decision. <laughs> I think I I think I maybe talked to like ninety nine point nine percent of the wrong people maybe, but uh, I first of all I think that it was an awesome opportunity to see God's creation in that element. Um, what we did over there with bringing the meat to a school um, and the way that we utilized it, I think that was an incredible experience. The hunting for me. Um, was not quite like I was kind of under the impression that hey there might be a chance we could die or yeah. you know so, like there was that excitement element yeah. that really wasn't there um I yeah. we didn't want to I did not want to sit in a ground blind and hunt over a water hole like that would have been I definitely would have and and we were lucky to we you know spot and stalk pretty much every every yeah. animal out there which was challenging um, but for me, just my personality as a hunter, I want to work and I want to work hard and I find great satisfaction. The harder I work, the more rewarding, you know, that it is at the end if you're successful um, yeah. and the more you learn if you aren't. And over there, it really wasn't an opportunity to work hard. It was very much walk here. There's the animal. Go do your thing. And while uh, it involved skill, it, it just really wasn't wasn't my thing. Was it a great experience? Yes. Um, I think it's yeah. different for every person. JD would, JD loved it. He would love to go back. Um, I think that's what he would say if he was on here. And yeah. so there's nothing wrong with hunting in those situations. Nothing wrong with with Africa. For me, it wasn't my thing. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. But, <laughs> and, and you know what? And you know what? Maybe well maybe I will go back someday and do yep. it again. It's a very uh, very game rich environment. A gr it's 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 really a cool place. Just from a hunting standpoint, there's a lot of other things I would I would do before I would go back there, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that so 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 what you're saying is if I asked you what was the best place you ever been hunting, it wouldn't be there. <laughs> Cuz that was it, a question it, I was going to ask you. Yeah, no, it <laughs> it wouldn't be Africa. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't. <laughs> May, it's probably it's probably your home state, I would assume. Man, it's tough. It really it really is. But but here's another thing too. Like I am not, and I think sometimes people are like, "Wait, what? You've never done this, or you never? I it would have expected you to hunt this." Like I've I haven't really. I've gone to some awesome places. I have, um, but there's a lot of things on my list. I've never archery hunted for elk yet. I've never like hmm. there's. I mean, I want to I want to elk hunt. I think. 
I I want to moose hunt. Like that's one of my dreams. I want to go on. A, I want to go far back in on a horseback moose hunt. And I want to kill something at twelve yards. Um, uh, uh, you know, like those are the things that I want to do. And but pr- a lot of my hunting has primarily been has been whitetail hunting. Which if I had to pick one species in one place, it'd be it'd be <laughs> in the two hundred acres behind my house killing whitetails. Like I love it. Um, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So yeah, that would be my favorite at this point. Yeah, but yeah. definitely, I've I've done enough filming elk and we've been out to Colorado mule deer hunting and and done some of that and I I love it um I do love it I'm a little bit afraid once I get once I get out west elk hunting that I I might get bitten by that bug but (laughs) yeah seriously Seriously. do you you find that you don't hunt as much because you like since you started Risen Media do do you still hunt as much do you think or do you think it's kind of taken away from that a little bit I still do try very hard to protect hunting because that's what I got into it for. You know, everyone says, don't make your passion your career. Um, and as soon as that, I guess I feel like I've found that balance that works right now. Um, and once that balance shift to career before passion, you know, I, that's something that I really want to be careful and, and protect. So I am, and I do make time, I do make time to hunt, and I try to incorporate that into my work as well. So yeah, that's cool. You mentioned, um, you know, you're kind of hoping the African hunt was a little dangerous. So <laughs> if you're ever looking for a little danger, come on out to Pennsylvania for the rifle opener, and we'll give you uh, we'll give you plenty yeah, of danger. I wouldn't do that. To plenty you. of danger. <laughs> Forget uh, lion, forget lions. We got the Orange Army out here. That, that uh, I can relate to a gun opener here in Iowa as well. Uh, to it, I pretty yeah, similar. It is, yeah, it's crazy. Um, you, we were talking a little bit before, and you mentioned how how a ground might be making a little bit of a switch from TV to more of like a film type series. Um, curious to hear what what that's all about, and you know what are the reasons for kind of doing something like that. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, like I said, kind of right in the beginning, that one of the goals with Hallowed Ground was, um, I mean, that kind of just we we're going to continue it as long as the Lord provided for it, and as long as it was a ministry that that continued to bear fruit. And I think one of the tough things about where TV is at right now, and with, and with the massive amount of overhead, and with overhead, the obligations that come uh, to with you know with your sponsors and with your partners. Um, with network criteria, everything has been pinched so much that a lot of the reasons that we started getting into it to tell that story, to tell our story, to tell the story that we felt God wanted us to be telling, um, we've kind of been, it's kind of taken away from our ability to do that. And I think that people's viewing patterns are changing so much as well that we kind of just got to the point where um, we were saying, you know, why are we, why are we still doing TV when we, when, you know, I really feel the Lord was saying you can have a more effective ministry in, in a digital platform. Um, and, and realistically, honestly, probably the biggest thing was, uh, was a pride standpoint, you know, just, I would think that a lot of it, you know, you found your identity for the last six years and, oh, we have a show on the high ground outdoors, a show on the mm-hmm. sportsman's channel. Um, and what comes along is associated with that. Um, and it just kind of got to the point from, for me personally, from just a busyness aspect and how much time Risen is taking and the production there, how much time was taken away from the show, just where I think we can 
create something that can bear the most amount of fruit is is in a digital platform um so we are actually we are not going to air on the sportsman's channel q3 and q4 this year you know maybe we'll be back at at a a later date um Mm -hmm. uh i think there's a couple opportunities that may still be out there for for television content but right now um, and we're still praying through this and, and mm-hmm. putting together a plan. Our website is under construction right now. Um, but the plan at the moment is to move forward with um, uh, digital film series that we're planning on launching in September and carrying over all the way through the end of like the deer season, so like mid-January. Mm-hmm. So September through January with probably, uh, right now it looks like uh, probably bi-weekly shows that are mm-hmm. going to be, you know, in that 7 to 11, 12 minute range. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we can effectively, and it might be longer, it might be two, whatever, however sure. we feel we can captivate an audience, get our message across, and um, and make something that's, that's creative. But it's going to allow us to control that content, to distribute it, to do one-off projects if we want to, just to have flexibility with it. So we're trying to cultivate that so people can know what to expect and when to expect it and have consistent um, things being released. It's definitely, we're not looking at it as like a step back, but we're looking at it as a transition to where the industry is moving, where people's viewer patterns are moving. Sure. So the goal is that we can take the step away from TV in order to take two steps forward in the digital platform and create that content. Yeah, no, that makes, cool. it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it, it also gives you more flexibility to have guys like the Rooted Outdoors crew on on your shows too for, with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, then you don't have to worry about. It does. It absolutely does. And I yeah. think that, I mean, I I just think that's where that's where the future is. I, that's where God wants us right now. Um, and, but like I said, honestly, the toughest thing was just the pride and getting over the fact that hey, you know, yeah. it's not on it's TV. A, but yeah, but that's not bad. that's not what it's about. Um, yeah. it, it isn't what it's about at all. And I think that the ministry, it's going to bear more fruits, going to be more effective. Um, and we're going to be able to, I think, get back to what we were doing in seasons, you know, one through four and telling, telling a story, uh, which I yeah, really yeah. think that we got away from that in the last couple seasons. So yeah. I, I'm, re- I'm really excited about it, but we are still kind of figuring it out. Um, so we'll be kind of laying that out as our website gets released here this summer. Um, but the current plans is to really launch that and, and hit it hard here starting in September. Yeah, that's cool. awesome, man. I think, I think you, guys are, you guys are spot on with, like, how people are consuming content these days. You know, they're looking at their right. phone. They're watching stuff on their computers. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's still cable, but it almost seems like that's fading out more and more. Um, and it gives you guys more flexibility. Um, so I think yes, yeah, it's definitely yep. definitely yep. sounds like it's a good good move for you guys, and I'm excited to – Excited to see what you guys come out with. It's always yeah, good. For sure. Um, I've got uh I've got one one other question that we could probably end on actually. Um since we have this youth hunt coming up on Saturday, one of the things I was thinking of, if you had if you had somebody in front of you that was a youth that was just starting out hunting that just got their you know, through the went just went through their hunter safety course, you know, what would be kind of some of the things you would say to them um as they're starting to just start that journey in, in the outdoors and like just things that they can remember. And, you know, I don't know. I just, what would you say to them? Cause I mean, that's kind of what we've talked a lot about is, you know, how we're going to, we're going to spend 
like the night kind of before with him and his father and um, just talking to them and kind of just talking about our experiences in the outdoors and things like that. Like, what would you, what do you think he would say? Like, what do you think he would, you would tell him? It's a good question. Um, and I'll probably, after we jump off here, I'll probably think of more intelligent things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Honestly, I would say enjoy the process. Uh, you know, I thinking back on, we all started, you, everyone started hunting at a certain point. And yeah, there's some kids who walk out and kill a giant deer, whatever the first year, but the majority of it, you learn from your failures and the school of hard knocks. And I went through this with my son, you know, this year, getting him out in the woods and, and just setting those expectations. And you see so many kids too are like, oh, I'm not going to shoot a doe or I'm not going to shoot a four corn or something like, man, you know how many little four corns I have laying around yeah. that I killed before <laughs> I killed my first deer? Like, right. you know, that that's part of the process. And I think, I think it's important that a hunter experiences those things. So I think don't get, don't get caught up in, in what you see people killing on TV or comparing yourself to what another person your age kills, you know, everyone's situation is is completely different i know i i probably have a better chance here in iowa of killing a bigger deer than you guys do out in pennsylvania you know and it's all and and it's not saying that that i'm a better hunter than you it's a a lot of it is location and and opportunity um so i think enjoying that process uh to me it's man i remember the first time i went my grandpa took me deer hunting right after I got my hunter education. And I remember we were sitting on a fence line, a doe came walking up behind and I could, I can remember like just thinking about it right now, like my heart pounding and racing (laughs) and she got like five feet behind us and she blew. And (laughs) I I, like, I, my heart just jumped in my chest. And I remember I started laughing so hard and it was like (laughs) at that moment that I was hooked, you know? So like out of all the things, out of all the things I remember, like those are really the memories that got me got me the most hooked into it so enjoy that process and those growing experiences uh and yeah. the lessons you learn through failures it's all part of the game yeah for sure for man sure. i agree with that you got to fail to learn there's no doubt yeah. you gotta learn yeah. from all your experiences we sure yeah. do there's no doubt about that <laughs> dave um, you have anything else for mr joe sir i do have one final question um and it'll kind of segue. So, Joe, at the end of our podcast, I like to share real quick on something that God's been teaching me or a verse that, um, you know, I've been reading recently and I have something tonight. But I want to ask you real quick um, about faith and hunting and how those kind of tie together for you. So my question is, in your show, you guys do a really good job of presenting your faith and just being unashamed of that um is and that's how how we should be is that something that you're really intentional about or is it just something that comes out because you're a christian following god's plan and one of the reasons i'm asking is because Corey and i you know we love hunting we love the outdoors but our ultimate goal is to share christ's love with people i mean that's why we're here so just kind of get your take on that and how how you kind of tie that in or maybe even it's just not tied in it's just who you are Mm -hmm. i think that in the show situation we have to be intentional about it because you're creating that storyline and you know the little things that happen in the tree stand the three minute interviews that happen in this tree stand that 
you just don't have time to show it all, you know. So we really do try to extract those biblical truths that, you know, come out of the hunting season or that specific story in our episodes. Um, it's not, it's it's real. It's, it's really what happens and really the way that we're feeling. Um, but it is something that we have to be intentional about to get the point across in, you mm-hmm. know, 22 minutes and 15 seconds yeah. of content time. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think that you can't separate... I mean, faith and hunting. It, it. I mean, if you're if you're a Christian and you're walking the walk, it's it's gonna go hand in hand in, in sure. yeah, for sure. whatever you do. So, um, and, and whether that's hunting or, or anything, I I think especially in hunting. I mean, my word, do we have quite an opportunity to get up in the morning and I just think literally see see God flip the switch and have you know the, His creation come to life when that sun you know breaks awesome. the horizon. So. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but, but it is something with the show, yeah, we, we try to be intentional about, but it is just an extension of what, what we're feeling and what we went through in that specific episode or story. Yeah, yep. uh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, Corey, do you have anything else? I don't, man. I mean, okay. it's just been, it's been awesome to just, again, get to know you and, um, just really appreciate you being so honest and transparent with everything that we asked. And, um, you know, I think, uh, like, like Dave said, the goal of our podcast is really to keep it, keep it like a conversation and not so scripted. And I think we did that. And so I think it it was awesome. Um, yeah, Dave, why don't you, why don't you close us up with a devotional and, uh, and then we'll, we'll, uh, We'll tell everyone how they can get a hold of Joe and, and all that good stuff, you know, after yeah, you're just, done. Yeah, just tur- turn on your TV and you'll find them. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so um, this past weekend was Easter. Um, and so something I was thinking about was when, when people talk about talk about Jesus and what he did, they talk about the cross and that he died on the cross. Um, and a lot of times they don't talk about the resurrection and him rising, raising from the dead three days later. And that is equally as important as his death on the cross because by him, um, you know, coming back from the dead, it showed his power over over sin and death. And I have a verse here in Romans. Um, I have this the smallest letter Bible in, in history here, so I'm going to read it <laughs> if I can. So Roman, it's Romans uh, 6, 9 through 11 says we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to God so you must also you so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus uh and that verse is just so powerful to me that um you know he Christ has power over sin and death and because we have Christ living inside of us we have the same power which Mm -hmm. is really crazy to think about Um, Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to share that like you know we always talk about the cross but the resurrection is equally as important and it just you know we just celebrated this past weekend Um, and I've just been kind of processing that and reflecting on that it's just been it's been pretty powerful to think about Amen brother Amen. Joe, how do, uh, so not that, not that we want you to give us your social security number, but how do, how do, other than that, other than the sportsman's channel is, um, is there anywhere else that we can 
follow you Instagram, things like that. Just let us know where where our, our people can follow you at and find you. Yeah, well, the Hallow Ground Outdoors um, website is currently under construction. So for, for Hallow Ground-wise, uh, Facebook would probably be the best way right now, just looking us up on Facebook. Um, for me personally, Joe Sir on Facebook, would love to have you follow me there. Um, Instagram as well. Instagram probably even more so than Facebook because uh, that's kind of, you know, every day I try to post something there is what I'm doing hunting-wise or work-related or, or just life. Um, and that's Joe.Sir. You can follow me on on uh, Instagram there, and uh, and between some of those outlets, uh, we'll you know keep people posted on what we're doing with Hallow Ground and and just everything that we got going on. I think we're in a, a pretty cool position with Risen where we're out doing it every day. I mean it's 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 mm-hmm. hunting and fishing or producing. So if you're if you're That's into cool. that stuff and you like cameras, uh, I mean uh, we're really I'm I'm really blessed to do what I do, and we've got some really exciting things coming up this next year. So. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, would love to have you follow, and and also, yeah, and and just network with with everyone. I mean, I love seeing kill pictures and what's going on <laughs> in other people's seasons, and uh, I just, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. And um, yeah. with this web stuff, I, I would like to see us would like to see us do a little something together. I think that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be great. Hey, uh, I do have a question. I forgot to ask you. I don't know how yeah. I forgot to ask you this, but are you guys open yet for turkey? Yeah, are you guys we are. Open right now? Yep. Did you yep, get out we yet? We are. No, too busy with work. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I, took my, I took my son out. Um, we just opened uh, on a Monday. Okay. Um, yeah. I took my son out for youth season, and and he killed his first bird, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's um, awesome, but then awesome. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. I I was supposed to go out this morning, but we had some sick kids last night, so <laughs> yeah. I uh, I couldn't leave my wife. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> tomorrow morning, we'll try to try to sneak out. Uh, there you out go. You better get the bed. No. You better get the no, bed. That's awesome. Yeah, no. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you staying up and, yeah. and doing this with us, especially yeah, for, for that. Sure. We'll have to follow along. Keep us posted on that, and we'll uh, keep you posted on our youth hunt this weekend. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Thank man. you guys so much. Thanks, Joe. It's been yeah, awesome, nice, and uh, good luck with everything you got going on right now. Looking forward to, to seeing what, what you guys have coming down the pipe, and um, thanks again for coming on. Thanks. That's a wrap, Episode 8. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Colossians 2, 6 and 7.